Hey everyone, I'm Andrew, and you're listening to Small Efforts, a collaboration between Crit and Miss Grants. And hi, I'm Sean. Small Efforts is a show where we talk about cybersecurity, design, and the continuous small efforts it takes to build a business. How's it going, man? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck you, John. (laughs) So it's going... I don't fucking know how it's going. (laughs) It's been a weird month. It's been a weird month. It's been a weird month. We've had some like really good stuff happen. We hired a new front-end developer that we've been trying to hire for a couple of Mm -hmm. months. And the person we hired seems awesome. She actually has experience running a small agency. And from what we've seen so far, a really talented developer, like day one, her computer wasn't going to get there. Usually we have some time Mm -hmm. scheduled for day one to like set up your equipment. So she was using a computer she already had. So instead we were like, okay, cool. We'll use that time to have her like go through our playbook and like start getting familiar with our processes. And then on my first call with her, she was like, oh yeah, I read through the entire playbook. And I was like, oh, one second, let me send a message to Austin so we have something for you to do the rest of the day. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) That's sick. So yeah, she seems really on top of Mm -hmm. it and like she's going to be fantastic. So if she happens to listen to this, Jen, welcome to the team. We're really excited to have you and you're doing great so far. So that's been the high. And then like we published an interview with Harun Mir that I'm really stoked about. And it seems to have been really well received. A bunch of people have shared Mm -hmm. it. And I think it's like the best of the product people interviews that I've done so far. So that's been cool to see. But then on the flip side, we have just like, it's just been stressful trying to close new business, feeling like over like there's just a million things pulling me in a million different directions we have a client who is having some cash flow issues and so we're trying to work through that with them which has been stressful and so it's just been like it's been one of those months where i'm just like why do i do this again Mm -hmm. and there have been moments where i'm like oh that's why yeah and then there have been moments where i'm just like fuck i just want to go climb rocks and like not have all of this stress to deal with all the time no i feel that in lighter news, though, we also hired a front-end developer. And Congrats. my front-end developer is better than... No, that <laughs> sounds really cool. Hi, Steven. Steven's super awesome. We met him through working on another client, which is a startup. But oh, cool. that startup is no longer going to be a startup. So Steven had reached out and we got connected. And I, I think we built a design system for this client and like and designed their web app. And I think like Steven went ahead and just implemented the whole thing in like a week. And it was like a check-in. I was like, dude, what? You're done already. (laughs) So super excited to have him on. Primarily, I think really working on a lot of our internal projects. I don't know if we've mentioned this before, but we've been working on a security product internally, maybe. Yes. Cool. You have not mentioned that on the podcast, I don't think. I think you may have told Mm -hmm. me, hinted at it. Are you willing to talk about what it is at all? No, not yet. It is okay. very much under stealth. Doesn't compete with any Ask of our me about my opinions on clients, stealth startups. If anyone sometime. was wondering, so please, no one fire us. But oh yeah, okay. <laughs> In any case, yeah, super excited to have Stephen on. Hiring a developer is we've never done that before, so that was a very interesting experience. But yeah, dude, last uh, last couple of weeks, the same. Just had this feeling of like, what the hell am I doing? Like, why am I doing all this? What's the point? But better this week. Doing a little bit better. I saw this great comic. It was like a V formation of geese Mm -hmm. flying. 
and one of the geese turns back to another goose mm -hmm. <laughs> and says hey where are we going and the other one says we were following you <laughs> and then the last like panel is just like the goose like wide eyed yeah. like oh, fuck. <laughs> and that's kind of how I sometimes feel running an agency. Yep. <laughs> it's just like, oh, wait, you were expecting me to have the answer? I'm the one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Deciding where yeah. we go? Oh, shit. Do you and Austin ever turn to each other and, and express that? Like, at your... <laughs> <laughs> we definitely talk about, like, feeling like, oh, shit. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, usually it's more... Austin and I have, have just kind of, like, an awesome, like, very, very collaborative... Mm -hmm like kind of relationship and so neither of us is ever expecting the other person to have all the answers mm -hmm. it's almost most major decisions are a discussion between the two nice. of us very cool well i as a solo founder definitely feel like that there's times where i'm, I'm sorry, in a man. conversation with one of, one of my designers and they ask about something I'm like oh that is a really good question <laughs> <laughs> how often are you vulnerable with them and just like that's a great question. I don't fucking oh, know. Oh, like all the time. That's probably cool. like the number one company <laughs> policy or like my personal, like, I don't know, leadership policy is. Yeah. I'm almost certain they hear, I don't know for me, like once a day at this point. That's but good. I also try to give them an answer eventually, which has kind of led into me billing out kind of like an end of year review and a looking forward since it's December. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, we're doing, we're going to do a secret, our secret Santa. And then we are going to go do a all hands talking about this year and what's going on next year and all that. But as a remote team, are you all like shipping each other's yeah. stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll cool. be super Fun. cute. How about you? Do you do any kind of like end of the year state of career? I was just talking to, by the way, did I talk about the new admin that we brought on? No, you did not. Oh, okay. We have in the last couple of months hired two people nice. then. One is part time. Mm -hmm. So we were working with an admin through an admin agency for a long time really kind person but just like limited in how much time we had and like had other clients and so I had been starting to think about maybe bringing it in house and finding someone and then a friend of my mom's actually had done some of this kind of work before at the place where my mom works and my mom was like she's fantastic mm -hmm. and she actually is kind of looking for a part-time thing right now and so I reached out to her and over the span of nice. about a month just sort of talked to her about it and gave her a test project and she like knocked it out of the park and then yeah so she came on beginning of november i think and then we transitioned away from the agency in november mm -hmm. and so yeah she's been really great so i was just talking to her yesterday about trying to arrange something kind of mm -hmm. fun for the team through the end of the year i hadn't thought about doing a secret santa type thing that's fun mm -hmm. that's a fun idea i was just thinking about doing like a little gift from the company mm -hmm. that just to say thanks to everybody but yeah i kind of like that idea like we missed the mark a little bit on some of the sort of fun traditional office stuff that people still do mm -hmm. like i don't haven't sent gifts to the team most years and i haven't like organized like a holiday party we did one a few years ago when we were still in person but we haven't done one since being remote and we're like really intentional about trying to like create connection and stuff mm -hmm. in our day-to-day -day. but i don't know that we do a great job right now it's kind of bigger milestones like end of year kind mm -hmm. of stuff yeah i'm gonna think on that maybe it's worth trying to do something mm -hmm. i will say 
if it makes you feel any better, I am not usually the person who suggests these things. Mm -hmm. You know, honestly, shout out to Chris and Kelly. Kelly's the one who suggests the Secret Santa. Chris always organizes kind of like a monthly game night or something on Discord. Oh, fun. Yeah. So, I mean, I get it. Like, (laughs) it is not the first thing that comes to mind with all the other things you have to do. (laughs) So really grateful for everyone else kind of organizing all these kind of like fun outside of work events. I do wonder... Maybe the fact that no one is complaining is purely the fact that work is just so fun. and that, yeah, For us? Exactly. Exactly. Oh. That you guys already foster so much connection that you don't need these. <laughs> every day is a party. So. Yeah, I think every day is not a party. <laughs> <laughs> every day is not a party. That's true. For sure, not a party. I don't know. There's just something about our culture that has always been more just about the day-to-day stuff mm-hmm. and not the, like, we haven't ever done a whole lot of out-of-work stuff mm-hmm. outside of work or... and. Yeah, I think part of that is just maybe just being remote and, you know, I'm not sure. I might ask the team and see see what they mm-hmm. think and see if they want to do, do some more or if they... I know we have several folks who I think kind of like that we don't try to do a whole lot of out-of-work mm-hmm. stuff because then it's like, no, your time is yep. your time. Yep. So yeah, I don't know. You were telling me that you guys got on a Black Friday list. How did that oh, go? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the merch yeah. specifically. That was a crazy week. So... I'm not sure how to say his last name, so if I mispronounce it, I'm sorry. But Mike Monick had an InfoSec Black Friday list, and I saw it, and I DM'd him on Twitter. It's like, hey, can Miss Screens be on that list? And all of a sudden, our Shopify daily visitors went from maybe like a hundred, hovering around a hundred to like a thousand, two thousand, four thousand, and Damn, I was like, holy, holy shit. shit! Yeah, yeah, it blew my mind how much traffic there was. What, who is this person running this list? Like, how did this list get so much traction? I think every single Black Friday, someone just creates a list and it eventually gets floated around Twitter. And it, I mean, if it shows up on my Twitter feed, it's going to show up on other security people's Twitter feeds, right? And Holy cow. And uh, yeah, Miss Green's on there. I just kind of did it without telling anyone because it was like two in the morning that I had pinged him. Mm-hmm. And like, I wasn't really paying attention until I checked my phone and I saw the number of Shopify orders. And it's like, what happened here? Fucking wild. And I had a couple... Are you willing to share like roughly how many orders you ended up getting over the span of like the week? Let me get back to you. I'll uh, <laughs> read the show notes. It'll be there. It'll say how many orders cool. Sean got. We'll put it in the show notes. Or if it doesn't say how many orders, it'll say how many, like the multiple, like like the, the impact that list had. Sweet. But yeah, no, it was super cool. I packed a lot. I packed for a long time. I kind of regretted. God, that sounds yeah. so stressful. <laughs> Every single time it came in. I... On top of having an already rough yes. month, just like having to sit there yeah, and yeah. pack orders yeah. after all of your other work is yeah. done. Oh yeah. my God, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was super interesting. Yeah. Wow. Jesus. Yeah, that was a... I think I blacked out. I don't even remember the... <laughs> All I re- literally all I remember was dreading every single time an order would come in because it meant I had to go <laughs> fold and yeah, but it was good. It was really awesome, especially because we did not have we're busy with a million other yeah things. yeah we did not prioritize our one little side project in terms of the marketing and everything. So there was some concern about it, you know, getting any traction. So this was like a cool little high ROI, high, like high impact, low effort thing that happened for us so a little it's a good thing to remember for next year yeah. like plan a drop around this yeah. time and then like coordinate with whoever's sure. creating that for list sure. and 
Yeah, I guess that's probably an interesting part too. Mm-hmm. Of I've always heard e-commerce businesses are super seasonal, mm-hmm. and then, but I forget about that stuff sometimes. Mm-hmm. Do you think you will be able to do anything to turn some of these customers into repeat customers? Like, did you give them a chance to opt into a, a newsletter or anything? Yeah, like that? yeah, of course. So I think almost all of them sent it for the newsletter. Granted, Sweet. we have to go and you know the hardest part about a newsletter is the letter creating, yeah, yeah. <laughs> creating the newsletter. And oh, and also like this, shoot, you just reminded me. I have to. <laughs> I still have to create a, our newsletter for this yeah. week. <laughs> it's also like the feeling of like Substack newsletters that I subscribe mm-hmm. to. I love reading, and I will read every single time it hits my inbox. But I have like a special email that all the e-commerce ones go to because I never want to see e-commerce ones. So I don't want mm-hmm. to just spam people's inboxes with like buy miscreants, especially because miscreants is kind of tied to our like the agency side, and I guess that is mm-hmm. one downside of of tying putting everything under the same brand name. I think we'll probably do some emails. It might just be kind of like a, I think what we talked about was maybe doing kind of like a survey or something of, did you like what you got? And, or, you know, something that kind of interacts with them a little bit more rather than just like buy more stuff, please. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Or if you can create some sort of interesting Mm -hmm. essay on security or something like that would be cool. By the way, on the cold email mm-hmm. front, I like small win. Mm-hmm. I sent a round of cold emails yesterday. I include a PS at the end where I say PS, I fucking hate. I don't say fucking, but <laughs> I hate persistent cold emails. So like, I will not follow up with you. You can just ignore nice. this. And someone responded and said, hey, we don't have a need right now, but I just wanted to say I really appreciated that that post. Yeah. And I was like, wow, thank you. Like, okay, cool. Awesome. <laughs> that makes me feel great because it means i can continue sending these and people are reading them and like uh, internalizing what i am trying to get across which is i'm not going to annoy the shit out of you but if you have a need i want to be here for it (laughs) that's awesome that's a good little tactic right there now a lot of cold emails sending (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i mean the downside is like anyone who's like a hardcore salesperson would be like no you have to follow up follow up is where you get all of the value and i'm like I'm cool with that. I'm cool with sacrificing that if it means people don't hate yeah. me. Like I just it's not worth it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember like watching some like old sales videos in the past and they're like, "Oh, each sale takes an on average like 29 touches." And it's like, I think if I email and call someone 29 times, I will never build this like what well, and they've just ignored <laughs> me every single time. I don't think they want anything to do with me. But yeah, lord. But yeah, our in general the cold email thing is actually like kind of working. Nice. We you know, I've been sending emails for like month, month and a half. And, you know, I only send like five to 10 mm-hmm. a week, nice. if that. And it's turned into, I would say, three pretty promising prospects nice. and like, you know, probably six or eight leads. Very cool. So, Very cool. yeah, we'll see. I haven't closed any yet. So we'll see if anyone closes. Yeah. But yeah, it's been cool so far. Nice. That's awesome. That's super cool. We talked a long time ago about the design audit Mm -hmm. process that we were building, trying to score design, like how Mm -hmm. good is this design? Mm -hmm. And we've run into kind of a roadblock recently. Interesting. So we had tested this on three existing clients, just going through some existing products. And then we had our first new client who we were testing this with. And we like ran through the process and we were just like, this score just doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And like the recommendations that we're pulling based purely off of the numbers don't really make sense. So we ended up just like kind of editing what the numbers told us and 
going off of our intuition and what we were hearing from users. And I think we're actually going to go in that direction moving forward. I think we're going to remove the scoring piece of this and use the rubric that we created more as, hey, here's a thing, a list of things to like check for. Mm -hmm. Like here's more as like inspiration and recommendations. And then we will use what we hear from user interviews and our own just professional expertise and the context we get from the client and create a list of recommendations for people that isn't based mm -hmm. off of the scoring. So I don't want to totally give up on the idea of being able to score a design because I still think it would be really useful. But we just identified that like we don't have the resources in mm -hmm. house right now to do that. Like we don't have the people and the knowledge. So I think at some point next year, I want to work with one of our former partners who still is a minority partner in the business is, is now a data engineer and okay. data scientist. And so at some point, I think I'm going to work with him and try to see if he can help us generate something that makes more sense mm -hmm. statistically, like figure out a formula of weighting. Really what it comes down to is like being able to weight things and being able to exclude things if there is like yeah. context that we have that changes. Yeah what our recommendations would be yeah. like that's where the challenge mm -hmm. came in is like our recommendations would change based on the context of the client and so figuring out how to wait and mm -hmm. create conditional statements is part of this scoring system i wonder if you feel like this is a shift or an evolution of crit where you all move towards this kind of like data backed more is it neiman or newman neiman and neiman like it's just like hearing you talk about like auditing and everything it kind of like brings more science into the ux ui product design right which is super interesting yeah i, I guess like the thing that i'm pointing out is like the way you you're talking about what you're doing with the design audit makes me feel like kurt is kind of evolving and like leveling up into something with a little bit more of like a science backing which is cool that's super interesting mm -hmm. i hadn't really put that into words or like thought about it from quite that perspective. I think if anything, what I'm kind of recognizing here is that we're not quite ready to make that evolution mm -hmm. that like for now we operate better when we're working off of professional experience mm -hmm. and like intuition a little mm -hmm. bit. And so, but there's the potential to drive us in a more data backed direction and Maybe that's the right path. Maybe it's actually not. Maybe that's not who we are. And so that might be something for me to think about and figure out as we do this. Is like maybe continuing to push down this path is not actually the mm. best path for us. But maybe it is. And so I think it's worth experimenting mm. with and worth trying. But yeah, that's an interesting thought. Is like I think really, if anything, we're like I'm owning up to we're not gotcha. quite ready for that evolution but it's something we're thinking about and something we're we're putting effort and time mm -hmm. in to test and experiment with and yeah and find Makes out sense. cool i'm super curious if there's like another version of this design audit that is intuition based there's that great book blink by malcolm gladwell that talks all about like what is intuition and intuition is basically just years mm -hmm. of experience like yep. formed into subconscious yep. <laughs> thought it's like muscle memory yep. for your brain and so i guess that is what i'm talking about here but it's professional experience and leveraging that to make decisions and make recommendations even if we can't yet put a formula behind it so yeah makes sense so you were telling me that you have started a youtube channel yeah <laughs> it's 
So, yeah, this has been a painstaking process, to be perfectly honest. So we've also learned a lot of like, so in terms of recognizing and respecting the fact that so there's, sometimes there are just things we can't do or aren't ready to do. We originally were super excited about this idea where we were going to cover like parts of security culture, right? Like video essays that were almost like Vox-esque video essay edutainment things that talked about very niche, interesting things in security culture, like the stuff like why does DerbyCon have a cockroach as a mascot, like or an unofficial mascot, right? How do I get to the channel? It's not out yet, but it's not. Yeah, live. yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. It'll actually it will not be live two weeks from now. It will be live probably four weeks from now. So next next okay, podcast, cool. I'll tell you that it's launched. Hopefully. Yeah, anyway, we, we want to do these like really cool edutainment videos, you know, like 10 to 15 minutes or even like nine minute Vox style things that talked about like really interesting things, in security culture and the, the industry that was like, why do like five or six like CISOs influence all of like West Coast security, like corporate security trends, right? Mm. Or why at one point, and these are based off of kind of like unsolicited, unofficial tip-offs from people in security that I know. So like, why did at one point all security consultancies charge almost the same exact amount, right? All these like really interesting, like investigative journalism things. Yeah. So which from, you know what these remind me uh, of a lot? Uh, There's a specific guy I follow. Oh, crap. I'm trying to find his name. Here it is. Johnny Harris. He used to do yeah, yeah, borders. Yeah. Exactly. We were yeah. trying to make... He now has his yeah. own channel that um that and yeah this style of video sounds exactly like the kind of stuff johnny harris would do if he was in exactly no that was that was pretty much exactly uh, i just realized that it's really hard to find a johnny harris of security (laughs) and we tried for probably three weeks in trying out different writers and people and just kept hitting roadblocks it was just like it's like way too niche and i'm sure they're out there and if you are out there please hit me up because like we should talk because I do want to launch it. I just like I just can't be the person to write it because honestly, Andrew, I've told you that I would write a blog post 11 episodes ago and <laughs> there's no miscreants blog post out. There's like a Shopify one, but that's not even, that doesn't count. Yeah, so that being said, we've pivoted into doing something a little bit more like educational, something that's more just like, just something to kind of gain some type of audience just because it helps kind of We've been thinking about doing a lot of things that just kind of help build up this Miscreants brand. So YouTube channel is is one of those. TikTok and Instagram and everything is also one of those. But making very like social media friendly videos for more awareness. But yeah, anyway, that was our failure. That was a huge lump of time put into something. and uh, But it's still happening, right? Yeah. You're yeah. still going to be launching it just with a slightly different twist, sure. a little less investigative and a little more just like sort of straightforward education. Yeah, I think so. Okay. A little bit more technical education. Technical education with like, I think our differentiator really is just going to be like much cooler graphics and, and animation since that stuff we can at least do. Yeah. So who who did you end up finding to sort of run, like create the content? There's a mix of people. Mary cool. may be in that mix of people to be perfectly honest. <laughs> uh, nice. <laughs> Mary's also the best writer I know in cybersecurity. Cool. So I think the team's going to be Mary, a voice person, an editor, and then we also have our own content person who's been kind of leading the charge here who may or may not be very angry at me for just scrapping the previous project. But that's, I'm sorry, Anna. And, you know, we have her PM, but yeah. Cool. Awesome. I can't wait to see some of the videos. Thanks, I spend entirely, entirely too much time on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So. Me too. Me too. That's, <laughs> my toxic trait is just assuming I can create whatever I consume. <laughs> that's how I end up here. 
By the way, if you ever want to talk about like rock climbing YouTube, I've got lots of thoughts. Nice. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So rock climbing YouTube and stealth startups. That's the next episode right there. Or that's the bonus. Yeah. Subscribe to Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah if we had a Patreon for our, our 15 listeners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They'd subscribe, I think. Right? Yeah. Quick question. <laughs> Are you going to RSA? I am undecided. I kind of want to go to B-Sides SF. We almost sponsored B-Sides SF, just like like a water bottle sponsor or something just for fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've not made that decision yet. Also because ticket prices and living yeah. and everything. How about you? What are you thinking? Well, I'm asking because I was talking to a friend of yours yesterday, mm. Lucas Nelson over at uh-huh. Lytical. Lucas is awesome, mm-hmm. by the way. I just like, oh, I genuinely like uh-huh. you and want to talk to you nice. more. He's you, awesome. Yeah. He seems like very down to earth and like straightforward mm. as opposed to a lot of VCs are very hyperbolic yes. and full of shit. Yes. <laughs> Not all of them. There are a lot of great ones out there. We've talked to a number over the past couple months and have enjoyed most of the mm-hmm. conversations. But yeah, Lucas just seems really cool. So he mentioned RSA. He was like, yeah, we could grab some beers at RSA. And I was like, Oh, yeah, I should decide if I'm going to that or not. (laughs) Very cool. So I'm also undecided for pretty much the same reasons. Just, yeah, thinking about cash flow over the next couple Mm -hmm. months and just whether I want to spend the money right now. Definitely want to start planning some stuff for Black Hat and Mm -hmm. DEF CON next year Mm -hmm. and kind of want to make sure I'm not stretching myself too thin Mm -hmm. and stretching our team too thin. So, yeah. All right, cool. Well, let me know if you decide Mm -hmm. to go. We could share. We could split an Airbnb. Mm That would be cool. That would be a lot more fun. than do the podcast in person again. Oh, man, that was so much fun when we were in Mm -hmm. Vegas. Also, splitting an Airbnb with some miscreants crew would be way more Mm -hmm. fun than being in a hotel room by myself. (laughs) Although you guys stay up way too late. I'm sorry. (laughs) Like, I need to be in a room, like, far away from you all Mm -hmm. so I can actually get some sleep. That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) Where is RSA? SF. Okay, okay, okay. So there's less gambling around. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. No one's playing craps till four in the morning here. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. that defcon was the earliest i slept i'm sorry what? yeah that that defcon that black hat defcon was the earliest i slept at previous black hat so defcons the only defcon i'd been to before that was 2019 mm-hmm. and i went with two of the engineers on our team mm-hmm. this was like the very early stages of us thinking about getting into security mm-hmm. and so we went just to sort of check it out and learn a little bit more and so two of our engineers who are no longer with the company, but still good friends of mine, although actually we're doing some work with one of them again as a nice. freelancer, which is kind Very of fun. Cool. But yeah, we all went and like all of us were perfectly content to go to sleep by like midnight. It was right. <laughs> like, I am, man, I used to be a night owl, but I think something has changed. I've gotten old, Sean. That's okay. I have too. I slept at 11 yesterday. I feel great today. I feel amazing. I don't know why I don't <laughs> do this It's amazing, more. isn't it? It's mm-hmm. wild. <laughs> Future of the pod. Future of the pod. We're about 10 episodes in. Did you like that very professional segue? I did. I did. That uh, was an amazing segue. It was so good. We have to talk about it. <laughs> so smooth. Yeah. yeah. So when we first started the podcast, our goal was to hit 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. And the Andrew Morse episode was number yeah. 10. So we're actually, I think we've now published 11. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I thought it would be a good time to check in and talk about what we want to do in the future. Yeah, I mean, I think the cool thing is that we did finally get an interview. And I think we, when we first started this, we always talked about doing off-the-cuff guest interviews that are a little bit more humanizing. I've always been fun. I think that's, I think that's why I 
gravitating towards that. But I also do find a lot of value in the Catch Up podcast, mainly because it's the only time Andrew ever wants to speak to me is if it's for content, apparently. That is so. patently <laughs> untrue. We, That's untrue. That's I, untrue. I was right. too You're sick right. to record right. a podcast a you're couple right. weeks ago, and I said, can we still yep. catch up yep. because I miss yep. you? <laughs> no, you're you're right. I'm kidding. I also probably bug you on Slack like multiple times a yeah. week. No, so I look forward to it. It's the hear. only Slack message <laughs> I, I like receiving. That's not true. I like my miscreants people too. But um, no, I, I really enjoy the Catch Up podcast. I think it's a lot more casual. I assume the 15 listeners we have also enjoy it. I think Greg enjoys it. I them. hear that Greg enjoys it. <laughs> hey, Greg. <laughs> I, think, I don't know if anyone else does, but I think Greg yeah. does. And really, if Greg's happy, I'm happy. Yeah, this is no longer so. an Andrew Morris fan club. This is just a Greg. <laughs> I think we did also talk about so I guess, music to do the intro. Austin wanted to make us some music. Get Austin make us some music then. Austin has no okay. time. <laughs> no free time. So I am flying to Charleston tonight. Oh, nice. And so I'm going to be staying with Austin for like three or four days. So I will... Bring it up with okay. him. <laughs> I would love to have Austin on the podcast. In fact, that would be fact, fun. I, I'm almost okay with us doing a podcast with just me and Austin, to be honest. Ouch. No, it's just because our voices wow. are really similar. Wow. <laughs> wow. I just like to talk to the Daggard. other side. Trying of to replace me. Trying to replace me. Like, Holy it would have made fuck. our lives a lot easier if <laughs> it was Andrew Morris interview with Austin and Sean and not another (laughs) (laughs) yeah but then you wouldn't have gotten those middle school hot takes so (laughs) but realistically you know I I would love to kind of get Austin on the show that would be fun yeah really cool and yeah either Mm -hmm. Austin with the two of us or honestly I would if the two of you recorded a podcast together I would be so much more likely to listen to our podcast (laughs) because I wouldn't have to listen to myself (laughs) that's fair that's fair so I guess mm-hmm. there's really kind of two or three things that I kind of wanted to talk yep. about when we're thinking about the future of the podcast. The one that we've been talking about right now is format. Mm-hmm. Like, how do we want to play with the format? And I think as early as we are right now, it's okay to still experiment a bunch and have fun with it. I'd love to get in a cadence where like maybe once every four podcasts, we drop, do an interview. So format is one thing. The other two things are like kind of related, but like, investment Mm -hmm. is there anything we can do to increase the quality of the episodes Mm -hmm. and honestly i don't hate the music we have now so i don't even know how high that is on my priority list anymore and i like art we ended up with so yeah and then the last one would be promotion Mm -hmm. which is one of those areas where i think we could probably do a lot more Mm -hmm. but we just got to figure out how to get it done yeah yeah i mean i think yeah i do have a video person we could use oh no his name is austin (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was gonna say when you said investment my brain kind of went to like spending a little bit more time and energy and promoting the show and growing that listener base not that the 15 people who listen aren't enough but once again we love you greg yeah yeah yeah. and everyone else all the other 15 accounts that greg has (laughs) but no I, i do think it might be worth even just like doing like the basics of content marketing like i don't think we have to like buy ads but it'd be good to Maybe pull a couple lines and build like micro videos mm-hmm. for Twitter and, and LinkedIn. We can use my buddy's SES app that is no longer his. Oh. Um, my friend mm-hmm. Baird Hall created Wave, uh, which is the platform that most people use to create those little nice. podcast videos. And he sold it cool. earlier this year. So it's no longer his, but I still feel like I'm, he's still getting an earn out. Nice. So, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm still supporting Baird. I love it. Yeah. 
So yeah, I think I'm with you. Mm -hmm. I would love to start investing a little bit more in promotion and still figuring out how to make sure it's attainable mm -hmm. or sustainable. I was listening to the guys at Art of Product talking about how they want to promote their podcast more. And the three core ideas that they had were basically like video quotes or pull quotes, video clips or pull quotes from the episode. So pulling little snippets of audio or pull quotes. And I imagine that would be relatively easy for us to do right now. Running podcast ads is another one. I think probably that's something I would be it's something I would be interested in experimenting with at some point. From what they were saying, it's pretty expensive. Mm -hmm. Like they were looking at overcast ads. And if you're trying to get subscribers, it's like $18 per subscriber. Yeah, I don't think that we have to run podcast specific ads. I think there's like smarter ad buys we should we can get into. I've gotten really into paid ads recently, but oh, interesting. Like we can do that or we can ask the sponsor people's insecurity Substack newsletters and with their very small audiences because it's somewhat relevant or maybe not security ones, but like design ones or agency ones that could be interesting asking for mm -hmm. shout outs or one time buys and whatnot sponsoring it that way. We can get a sponsorship on our favorite security newsletter. Return on security. Yep. But that would require miscreants to stop sponsoring Return on Security you know, for I don't I think <laughs> ours ended on I think the one that just came out is the last one. So so Okay. So cool. we're no longer blocking it. Yeah, I mean I think we can do that. Yeah, I don't think that we have to do like podcast specific ads. I actually think it's harder to find that way. That's gonna have like very interesting um, hooks I'm to sorry. it. Sorry. What? Listen, my twenty two dollar microphone <laughs> cannot compare, unfortunately. So yeah, I yeah, I mean that makes sense to me. I could see I'm always a little I'm just skeptical of ad buying in general. <laughs> not gonna lie, not just podcast ad buying, but all ad buying I'm kind of skeptical of. So I'm I would want to start with a very small test amount mm -hmm. and just see if if we notice a blip of any kind. Mm -hmm. The last thing is doing more interviews and also trying to make an effort to yeah. be a guest on other people's podcasts and plugging our podcast on those mm -hmm. podcasts. I've always felt kind of weird about spamming people to be like, hey, can I come on your podcast? So I have kind of mixed feelings about that one, but would definitely love to do some more interviews. I think it might be more worthwhile to like do like a trade or a crossover. Oh, cross posting is actually something that I've seen work really well for others is just, you know, we post another person's stuff. They post ours and that way audiences can merge. So that might be a cool idea too. So mm -hmm cross-posting like a podcast yeah, yeah so like actually like promoting someone's podcast on our podcast mm -hmm. and then doing mm -hmm. the same like recording a little audio mm -hmm. snippet or something mm -hmm. yeah huh, that's a cool idea yeah. i know that that's how there's a lot of ways i will say that jack recider grew darknet diaries but a lot of the things that i've seen him do are a lot of cross-posting for both podcasts and cross-posting on instagram with other like high growth just security instagram pages so there's a lot of like cool niche things or cool marketing things we can do if we are very serious about growing our audience i mean there's nothing wrong with us emailing the art of product people and going hey you guys inspired us to make a similar podcast and just seeing what they think right maybe <laughs> <laughs> their podcast is like i'm pretty sure has crossed over a million downloads um, you know <laughs> so. like the chasm or like the dip that you have to cross you know the, the dunning-kruger mm -hmm. effect like my confidence level, you know how like your confidence level goes up and then down and then it goes back uh -huh. up. It just never reaches that down point ever. Even <laughs> you, just yeah, stay, you just stay, you just at stay that up, up, yeah, up, yeah, up, yeah. up, up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, even if my... It must be nice. What is that like? It has its highs and 
otherwise it has you know like <laughs> severely low lows i just ignore any sense of incompetency and tell myself i'll figure it out in terms of format mm -hmm. i could start to create like kind of a content calendar for us okay. just create a spreadsheet and like map out the next you know two to three months of podcasts mm -hmm. and like mark a couple as interviews and a couple as you know mark one is like an austin replaces andrew mm -hmm. and try to have some you know start to create that i'd be happy to to take that on and knock that out okay. would you of the stuff that we've talked about today like what would you have time for or be interested in sort of taking the lead on i can probably figure out like our actual like marketing playbook for growing our audience yeah i think i can also kind of help with some of the outreach when it comes to us grabbing some guests or also trying yeah. to get on some yeah. shows so yeah so creating a full marketing playbook sounds like a big undertaking mm -hmm. i also might have in my head like a much smaller like honestly a much more lightweight marketing playbook okay, cool. for this i kind of like just like here's like three things we're gonna do which is like mm -hmm. the short form snackable videos the sponsorship etc or something like that and then just having specific goals and actions and people assigned but cool mm -hmm. yeah if you feel up for taking that on i think that sure. sounds awesome sure yeah, yeah. cool yeah, it is okay. what we do after all it's it yeah. is <laughs> all right i'll create a podcast calendar mm -hmm. and start to map out like when we want to experiment with some other formats sure. And then if you want to put together like sort of a simple playbook mm -hmm. and then do we want to try to have those things by the next recording? Are you project managing me right now, Andrew? What? Project no. Managing me. no, I'm not. That's a good, I'm, thank you for the deadline. If you didn't give me one, it would never have happened. There might be a couple where I fill in like Sean, mm -hmm. like I know a couple of the people that we have talked about and I think there's a Slack list, a list in our Slack messages yeah. if I could go far enough back. But I might in a couple of places just put like, Sean, this kind of person. Ooh, <laughs> what we should do. We should get What's Lucas that? Nelson on this podcast. That'd be fun. Cool. Be a good time. Get a VC perspective. Mm -hmm. Grill him about how VCs are ruining the world. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He'll agree. He'll agree. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We are very thankful for VCs yeah. and their their role in innovation. I think it's just the transfer of wealth from LPs to VCs to startups to you. Right, I think that's just how the that's like the food chain. It seems like most of it is going back to LPs and not to yeah, crit, that's, but that's, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Cool. No, that sounds good. Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Awesome. Well, this would be a relatively short one if we wrapped up here, but that's okay. Anything else that you want to touch on? Uh, no. Have a good holidays. Everyone who's listening. Real quick, mm -hmm. speaking of our mixed feelings about VCs, we are actually working on a list of the top yes. VCs in InfoSec. That's true. And by the time this podcast comes out, it will be published on Crit's website. You can go to crit.com, that's K-R-I-T.com, slash, I believe it's InfoSec, all lowercase dash VCs, so VCS. And yeah, we're publishing a list of the top InfoSec VCs. And if there are any VCs who want to be on that list or who are on that list, but just have, you know, we have the wrong information for you, feel free to reach out to me, Andrew at crit.com. And yeah, we're excited, hoping that that will be a useful resource for founders and useful resource for the funds that are out there. So I joke a lot about VCs and VC culture, but they're actually some really great people who are investing in security startups. And yeah, 
we want to help connect them to good founders. So yeah, that's all I got for today. Nice. Yeah, no, absolutely check that list out. Cool. I'll see you later. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. You just listened to Small Efforts, a podcast collaboration between Crit and Miscreants, hosted by Sean Sun and Andrew Askins. Sean is a hacker turned designer and the founder of Miscreants, a creative agency building memorable brand and product experiences for cybersecurity ventures. Andrew is an engineer turned CEO and the founder of Crit, a product design agency that helps cybersecurity founders create better products. If you enjoyed this podcast, rate us on Apple Podcasts and share it with your friends. You can check us out at smalleffortspod.com. Thanks for listening. See you next episode.